thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, out here's Inside Supercars. And welcome back to Inside Supercars, Craig Lavelle and Tony Whitlock. Thanks very much, Tony. Great to be here with you once again, particularly after such an interesting weekend of racing. And who would have thought three manufacturers still making cars or still on the grid in supercars and all three of them were on the podium right across the weekend? Yeah, that was a fantastic thing. And, you know, despite the the great uh, rollout of the ZB, uh, it's shown that both the Altima and particularly the FGX still have some legs left in them. And uh, Scotty McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard in the uh, those two Fords in particular. Unfortunately, uh, the Tickford cars weren't quite there. Um, Mostert, I think, was a, a, maybe a couple of top tens, but that was it for the weekend. The rest of it was uh, fairly lackluster. Uh, Rick Kelly, of course, led the uh, Altimas, the Nissans home. And he, he showed the flag well for them, uh, showed that they've been uh, working hard on their setups. And uh, I, I particularly liked, it's well worth listening to uh, Rick in the press conference on Saturday. He really spoke well. I have a lot of admiration uh, for, for the young man. And he, he spoke far better than I ever heard him speak before. But anyway, so today we're going to listen to Scotty McLaughlin in the team, DJR Team Penske car. Uh, he's telling us about uh, his year and what's happening. Uh, one of the interesting things, because he's the winningest driver with three race wins compared to two each for uh, Van Gisbergen and Win Cup. Um, but one of the other interesting things, looking back in the history books, only over the last year, is that young Scotty has won 11 of the last 30 races. Now, we only have something like 30-something, 31, 32 races in our calendar. So if you keep on doing those sort of things, he won more races uh, than anyone else last year. And so long as he gets rid of those retirements like he did at Bathurst when he kissed goodbye to a lot of points, um, then he's certainly going to be in a good position again this year. So he's coming up to a bunch of tracks where last year he picked up um, at least five or six wins in a row. There were things like at Barbagallo, at Winton, uh, Hidden Valley, uh, Townsville, Queensland Raceway, they were all tracks that he was either first or second at virtually every one of those tracks. So it's going to be some interesting times over the next uh, few meetings to see if uh, DJR Team Penske uh, can maintain the position they've uh, held from Phillip Island. And secondly is uh, Will Triple uh, Eight, Walkinshaw. They had a pretty bad weekend, really, James Courtney was nowhere on both days. Scotty Pye was thereabouts, but not really figuring largely. Uh, Brad Jones, they were they were having problems with their uh, front uh, splitters enormously. So it's really a question of seeing how how well the other ZBs can climb up there. So coming up after the break, we'll be going straight to Scotty McLaughlin. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors family. 
Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We're fortunate and very, very fortunate this weekend, or this week rather, to be have Scott McLaughlin, the winningest driver this year so far, on with us. Welcome on board, Scotty. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's fantastic. Uh, great to see such form reversal because while you'd been uh, featuring in some podiums, you hadn't exactly been setting the world on fire. You now have the most wins of anybody this year, though. Yeah, it's a nice little change, I guess. Um, yeah, we've been obviously very um, up and down with our results. A couple of, I mean, a couple of little problems at the start of the year, but um, obviously the Holden's come out, very fast car, and we've had to step up, and we went to a track that we loved, and... You know, it's all sort of worked out pretty good. Indeed. A track, obviously, it's well suited to you and the car because you were doing it before in a Volvo. I think you did it also in a Commodore, didn't you, before then? Yeah, look, I've, really, I've always enjoyed the, the, the track itself. And I drive a former Ford and Porsches around there and um, stuff like that. So I've always, you know, been in um, some cool cars around there. Um, but I guess it's sort of brought me up and, you know, taught me how to drive a car around there, which is really, really handy for, for times like this. <laughs> And, of course, one of the things that's quite, well, would appear obvious, but maybe it's not, is that the team has reacted in the most positive way, and that is they've given you a fast car to go and do the job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a team effort, and, you know, for us at, at Shelby Power Racing, you know, a rocket ship at summer races, but we need to, you know, keep it going. There's a couple of bogey races that we've got coming up that, you know, could... Um, you know, it could hurt us a little bit, but we're confident that we've made some changes to make it better. Um, as part of this, in fact, uh, one of the interesting statistics, and I suppose I'm sort of dealing in that sort of world, but uh, in the last 30 races, you've won 11 of them. So that's a pretty emphatic sort of figure, isn't it? That's from Pukukaui last year. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's a cool stat, and I think, um, I guess it shows that, you know, that last year, sort of first quarter of last year, I was getting used to the car, and then once that sort of got, and I got used to it and stuff, we just got on with the job, and hopefully it's the same this year. Where I, you know, look, I've been, I've been right there for the wins, but um, to start, uh, to start, you know, getting into it and um, start uh, competing these pole positions that we've had, um, yep. is a is a bit more of a welcome feeling. Yeah, well, you reset the bar, and certainly in terms of number of poles, you know, sixteen of thirty-one, I think it was, or what? No, it's even less than thirty-one. Last year it was. 26 races, I think, something like that. But, you know, incredible dominance you had in qualifying. So clearly you and the Falcon are well-suited. Now, there was a lot of chat on the Saturday about the tyre, going back to the 16 tyre, so to speak. Um, yep. And and you and Jamie, it was quite a humorous press conference, in fact. Uh, I don't know if you remember parts of it, but where uh, you were deferring to them and then discovering that you were out of step with them. and Yep. Yeah, look, it was yeah, yeah. It's it always a bit funny those ones. <laughs> but the tire itself is is um, you're you're comfortable with it, and obviously you were at Phillip Island. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not that I'm not comfortable with the the, the current tire that we have. It's the same for everyone, but it's more just you know I prefer the other one. I think Jamie does. I think most of us do. Um, I do believe that you know potentially that we we did jump the gun in some ways with the with changing back to the tire, um, but you know. It's something that I believe, and you know, obviously everyone else has got the facts and figures that you know show up that we're you know 
well, there was a justified decision there. So it's, uh, you know, it's not it's above my head, but it, I prefer the other tyre, and that's just my opinion. <laughs> One of the things that uh, showed up, though, was that you obviously were the fastest qualifier on both days. I think both days the only one into the 29s. But also in both races, uh, you had to make passes and make them stick, and you did. And uh, they were very emphatic. They weren't dirty in any way, shape or form. They were 100% clean. Um, but they were passes that races make, and you must have been very pleased with those. Yeah, look, absolutely. It was something that, you know, I feel like uh, the passes you know, that I thought about even before the weekend where I, I said that I could probably sneak down the inside here or there. So um, that was definitely a cool feeling and, um, you know, something that that you've worked on before you come to the racetrack that actually worked for you So in both races. So um, and certainly I think it was a good a good thing for us. Um, our car was very good there. It turned on a dime at turn two, which definitely helped me put the nose in there. And basically, once you put the nose in there, they really can't do anything. So it's, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was nice and good, clean racing. Yeah, yeah. And look, it was a terrific event. I mean, it was uh, the whole weekend. There was, uh, the weather was reasonably kind. Um, and uh, uh, it certainly showed up at a track that, uh, you know, attracts some good racing. Biggest thing that's coming, of course, is the, the Mustang, which obviously is a, a different world. Now, you come from, I'd call, a hot rod family. Yep, basically, or especially there was one truck that he had, uh, it's a 956 Ford F100. So I guess you could say we're sort of half blue blooded, but sort of Murphy, Greg Murphy stuffed that all up because I was a massive fan of his. So um, <laughs> we sort of were about half and half there for a bit. But um, yeah, the uh, yeah the hot rods have been a big thing for us. Dad used to have a fast eight Mustang and all that sort of stuff. So it was a cool, cool little thing, but not anymore. But, um, you know, cool to have a modern one and then for me to drive the Mustang race car is pretty awesome. Yeah. Has he got any toys back in Hamilton now? No, no, no. My, my dad, dad still has a couple here and there, but um, most of it's all gone away now. Okay. All right. So um, you must be pretty excited about uh, the new car. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, the new car has been is, is a good chance to reset and, and, and renew what we now, obviously, the FGX came in a few years ago, and for us to rethink the aero package, rethink what we do with the car and stuff. And I mean, bringing two-door coupe in is really cool and, and a great opportunity for our team. One thing I noticed is after the second pit stop and three or four laps after you'd made the pass, the racing did seem a little bit processional. Now, I'm a huge fan of the longer races. I think 200 k's minimum, if it was me, but... Do yep. we need to do something to the back end of the race? Now, obviously, when you're leading a race, it always feels good, but is there some, to me, it just seemed like we got to lap 35, you made your pass about 37, and we still had 15 to 17 laps to go where the race had looked like it had pretty much settled in. Yeah, I mean, there's two answers to that. I mean, I, in some ways, like, for, as me for the leader, I'm happy for it to settle in. <laughs> I'm happy for it to be professional, um, but I understand from a fan perspective that's pretty hard. But I guess for one thing is, is the team is the teams are driving to the tyre, and you know everyone was pretty nervous about blowing tyres uh, for us, especially our team. So once I got past Dave, it was you know I knew I had the tyre life. I probably could have you know driven a little bit quicker, but you know it was all about just keeping the lead at that stage um, and looking after the, and preserving the tyre, especially in case of a safety car. Um, so. Yeah, I guess it's hard to, you know, stop that sort of stuff because you're always, you know, the team's always on top of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I really don't really see a solution. And you'd be looking to be going forward to Barbagello next? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, a track that we got 300 points at last year and, and it was a, 
you know, a, a good stepping stone for our, our championship and our championship fight. So, yeah, go there with a, a bit of confidence. But we're going to need Tyler. And every year we get there, it's uh, it's the tide. The, uh, the, the tracks are great, and the tide gets worse and worse uh, over the long run. So, um, there's going to be stuff on. Well, in fact, you know that that run of Barbagallo, Winton, Hidden Valley, Townsville, and then Queensland Raceway. That was a run that you were dominant over. Yeah, I think. It's tracks that I really enjoy um, for some uh, some reason, really. I think it's more because I drove there in the BBS days, so I know how to drive the track. But, um, yeah, certainly, uh, I think we were on the podium like nearly every race. So uh, that's, if I do that this year, I'm going to be a very happy boy. Well, it's certainly coming in, you know, um, trailing by 11, then coming out trailing, uh, winning, leading by 40 or something or other. It's certainly a handsome place to be in. Um, speaking of the in-betweens, what, are, what do you keep yourself busy now? You've got a, a few days off. What do you do then? Um, look, now I'm actually moving. So I'm, I'm packing up my house as we speak. Um, getting that all into shape. Uh, I'm on move uh, back up to Queensland uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, week, uh, Tuesday after the first, um, first race. So got a bit going on, but uh, yeah, I love my golf. I enjoy uh, training, obviously the fitness side of things and stuff like that. But um, yeah, certainly it's uh, it's you know we're always away, so you know there's not much home time. But when you do, I just like chilling out as much as I can. I've been interested this year, Scott, that uh, we spoke to Tim Blanchard last week, who of course is full time in Cool Drive, and and Scott Pye. I know Tony and I were talking to him at Adelaide about his new venture, his media company. Um, and I've been interested to see how a lot of drivers are looking to become a lot more active in their time at home. Yeah, I think it, uh, yeah, it depends on the driver. I mean, I, 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 I want to devote as much time as I can to the race thing, to what I'm doing and that, what my current job is. So, um, you know, I, you know, well, look, I think later in life for sure. Um, I'm trying to maybe look at a, a property portfolio or maybe something like that. I really enjoy property and, and, the, you know, different things go on around there, but I don't, I don't really want something um, in the background at this stage. I'd rather just focus on things, and and if I'm not racing, I'd like to just enjoy my quiet time because it is quite busy with all our media commitments and stuff. And you get fair amount of that through Penske, through the truck business, and through Shell, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and we we, we do, you know, we have a lot. We don't really have too many days off. And myself, perhaps we've got you know a busy schedule with all the PR stuff, and you know Penske has a high standard in that, so. Um, you know, that, that certainly takes up a lot of that time. It, uh, it must be very nice to have been in a position where so quickly you got your, ta- your feet under the table in, in posting those race wins and polls and things like that last year. And now to be second year into that contract, it must be enormously pleasing. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the Penske, you know, wanting to win. Um, obviously, that they hadn't been going too good before I came, but, uh, you know, last year was definitely exceeded expectations. Um, we set the bar high, the bar high for this year and, you know, we're going okay, so we just need to keep going and, and, and hopefully at the end we're there thereabouts. And uh, you're teamed again with Alex Premitt, uh this year, who's been your teammate, what was it, five years now? Yeah, yeah, well, we missed one year in 2016, but he, he's been basically with me since 2013 in some capacity. Right, yeah. Um, he's obviously a relaxed Frenchman, um, which, you know, you obviously enjoy his company as well as his driving skills. Yeah, we, we get along like a house fire. Um we're, we're a good uh, good friend and um, we enjoy each other's company. So, yeah, definitely having a friend along for the ride to the 13th Joy Cup is very cool. And when does he first get a drive of the car? Uh, we're not sure. We were sort of speaking about that today. 
and it just depends on how we go, um, what we need to test at our next test day. Um, but thinking that it won't be um, really until August, September. I'm sorry. Oh, Scotty, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to watching. Uh, I won't be coming to Barbagallo. I've been there a few too many times, I think. <laughs> yeah. When you were still running around in go-karts around Hamilton, I was uh, trudging the sand waves, uh, sand banks of uh, Barbagallo. But I hope you enjoy it. Have a great time over there. Make sure Lido uh, gets a kick in the shin from me. He deserves it, just because he's a Frenchman. Yeah. So thanks, Scotty, for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Scotty is certainly one of the great young drivers in our category. He's shown that he moved from winning the development series in a Stone Brothers car to first of all joining Gary Rogers, proving his mettle in both Commodores and Falcon and sorry, Commodores and Volvos, and then moving into a Falcon and maintained his pace throughout those three brands. So that's a fantastic job for that young man. One of the other pleasures we had down at Phillip Island was getting the CEO of Supercars, Sean Seamer. We had a bunch of questions we wanted to ask him, and we were fortunate enough to get him on Saturday afternoon telling us about the developments within supercars around Archer and the future of, of the category. So, Sean Seymour, after the break. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and we don't like the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. And it was great again at the weekend to catch up with Sean Steamer. It was the third time I've met him and he's an approachable person. It's great to have somebody who is that approachable style in the chair at uh, Supercars. Having been around that paddock for over 25 years, you don't want to be sort of finding that people are reluctant to talk to you. So had a great chat to, to Sean, and he told me about the developments around Archer and what's going to happen in the future. So here's Sean Seema. Only months into the job, and there are already things good and bad happening in your world. Um, there's nothing bad happening. Nothing bad world. happening. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that there's nothing bad happening. <laughs> but it challenges, shall we say, then, shall we? Well, uh, what do you think's good and what, what do you okay. think's the well, bad well, or the challenges? The Ford Mustang news is, is probably the fact that Ford have come back to the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, they say they never were out of it, but, gee, I would have thought that they actually had said that. But anyway, the fact that they're back in mm-hmm. and a new car and a lot of excitement, a lot of media... Uh, presence from it, yeah. uh, which is terrific. Um, the one thing that I wanted to start off with was talking about Archer mm-hmm. and the news that um, the business is selling up, so to speak. What mm-hmm. are the ramifications for supercars for that? For us, particularly me and the leadership team, it's absolutely business as usual. For the board, it's business as usual. Peter Wiggs will remain on the board. Our focus really, you know, we have to stay focused on our fans, both new and existing fans, and continue to grow and drive the product. Archer will look at the market again when they're ready, but for us, we, we can't take our eye off the ball. Okay. Are there any immediate consequences from it? I mean, it just... Absolutely is. not, no. Absolutely okay. not. No, I mean, like I say, Peter Weeks remains on the board as the chairman of, of the operation. Uh, the board structure has not changed. Uh, and the commission structure has not changed. So for us, we, we continue to, to roll ahead, and like I say, 
we've got a full full on calendar this year, and we've got to make sure that we're delivering to the fans. Yeah, biggest ever calendar, and absolutely it's a challenge yeah. in itself. Mm. Um, the one thing part of the commission was that Steve Horn was going to step down. Mm-hmm. He's still staying in that role until a new person is found. Mm-hmm. I think Steve's enjoying himself, and and uh, we're not rushing. We'll wait until we find the right person. Okay, all right. Um, the news about Rockhampton. Um, mm-hmm which obviously has been tabled with Supercars the board? It has not been tabled yet, no, no. But uh, I look forward to having a look at their proposals. Uh, I know they've put a lot of time and effort into it and they're taking it very, very seriously, but I haven't had it, I haven't been up to review that yet. In principle, does it fit within where Supercars would like to see things? Not in terms of geographical, but in terms of, you know, an out-of-city, out-of-major-city uh, track and... We, we, our, our focus is our footprint and making sure that we, we race everywhere across as many places across Australia and New Zealand as possible. Yes, it absolutely fits in with that strategy, uh, but we need to review that against the other plans in Queensland uh, as well as what we might have going on either in New Zealand or internationally to make sure that we can fit everything into the calendar. The teams and supercars have limited resources yep. um, and we already ask a lot of our people to put on the show so we've just got to be mindful of that yeah. as well. Have Has a number been reached as to how many events that is the maximum sort of thing? I mean obviously we're not going to NASCAR land of 36 or 38. Or no, we, we haven't done an exercise to see how far we can stress this thing, yeah. um, but we're certainly getting there on 16 events a year you think about it, it's not just how much we can do yeah. in a year, you've got to think about all of the other events that are going on and Australian families only have so much money to spend on entertainment so we've got to be mindful of that as well. One of the big things of course is that supercar events do so many more than they started you know, when they started mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. so that's obviously something else that has to be fitted in the calendar, the fact that the events company runs these yeah, look, our, our, our team, I, I can't speak for how they operated in the past, but it is an extremely well-run events team that we have here at Supercars. From hospitality through to concerts, they do it at a very, very high level. Okay. Uh, so I've been very impressed with what they've done. All right, you've had your feet on the desk for a short while now. Has yeah. it, uh, coming, up, you, uh, coming up on two months, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you tell me about things that may have surprised you about it? Um, no, I mean, not really. I think... Um, For me, there haven't been any major surprises. I was obviously close to the sport prior to joining uh, and knew a lot of the team and the people at Supercars. Um, I think perhaps the biggest surprise for me is just how great some of the tracks are. So if you take Tasmania, for example, because I'd only ever seen it on TV, it looks like a little bit of a drag strip with some corners, but there's so much going on in that track. And to go around Phillip Island today... Uh, so it's certainly uh, igniting the passion in me uh, right. being here and coming to these tracks rather than just watching it on TV. Um, surprised, yeah, I think the scale of it. Um, Adelaide was one where I wasn't surprised, but I was you know, humbled by what the team put on with, with the South Australian Tourism Commission there. So, yeah, those are the two, the two most memorable bits uh, so far. Can you see any opportunities that haven't really been realised yet? Are there things that stand out to you? I think that the the business is in really good shape. So what we talk about is evolution, not revolution. Um, There's some opportunities, I think, to improve, uh, you know, new fan recruitment, uh, new fan experiences on the track. and, And we will focus a lot on 
the van of the future. There's been a lot of talk about the car of the future. Yep. Um, but one of the big things from us over the next six to 12 months will be the fan of the future, what they look like, uh, and how we entertain them and, and turn them into lifelong fans. Well, thank you, Sean Seam. It's been wonderful, and we look forward to seeing the developments over the next six months in the year. Cheers, mate. Coming up after the breaks, we'll have our final thoughts on the Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's tour Grand Prix, and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. And Craig, it was a terrific weekend at Phillip Island. Pretty good crowds down there on Saturday. I didn't see you Sunday. I... I thought that the one day was enough for me, or two days, Friday and Saturday. But it was good to see uh, some uh, close racing, no uh, major incidents or accidents. Uh, times, it seemed, the uh, schedule was a bit light on, but it's still a venue that the drivers enjoy and the fans love going to. I'm sure you would have uh, enjoyed being there if you'd had the opportunity. I was uh, interested to see your opinion, Tony, about is there time now that we could look at going back to, let's put all the supercar racing on the Sunday, build up the Saturday program, which, you know, they've they've been working towards, and have Friday with practice, qualifying on the Saturday, give all the other series there some really big races, some serious races without supercars on the program, and then have a, a really red-hot go of supercar racing on Sunday with some shorter races for the supports. I just look at the television ratings, which uh, were a little bit down on Sunday, still in the top four for uh, Foxtel, but, you know, down 20-odd thousand. The crowd on Sunday looked much better than the crowd on Saturday. Um, I haven't seen the crowd numbers because, as you know, ever since... Uh, uh, Barry Oliver hasn't been telling us it's a record. We haven't really been given the figures that often. But I'm of the opinion now that we could do it differently and with attention spans being what they are, 2020 cricket, AFLX and uh, Rugby Sevens and all these sorts of things, maybe it's back to the future where the series lies. I think when we get to a one-day race meeting on a Saturday night at Eastern Creek, a lot of people are going to be making some very, very keen observations on how that worked, on how much money that cost or saved, if you like, for the ne- for the future of the sport. And I've just got a feeling that maybe Back to the Future is where it's at for supercars in the coming years. One of the interesting things as part of that, Craig, is the fact that the next five race meetings are meetings that have been devoid of racing for the best part of a year. Barbagello, Winton, Hidden Valley, Townsville and Ipswich. So those five tracks haven't had the luxury of, say, people in Victoria and being able to choose as to whether they went to Albert Park or Phillip Island. Um, so there's been a bit of a starvation thing sort of happening here. And uh, gate receipts are very important to supercars. Remembering, of course, that 
I think it's either eight or nine of the events are events that supercars do run. And uh, therefore, that they need to make sure those gate receipts coming in and, and you know, that the, the money is coming into the coffers. Television is the, the be-all and end-all, but of course, you know, as Supercars now is in the land of uh, pay TV, these next few events don't get an appearance on free-to-air. Well, they get the uh, highlight Philip package. Island was, it, it's, yeah, highlight package, which I don't know. I haven't looked at the ratings on those to see what they are compared to last year or the year before, but it's, it would certainly seem that you know, there is an opportunity to make a bigger event of a day of V8 racing sort of thing. And boy, doesn't it seem as though V8s are what's on the agenda now for the next couple of years. <laughs> Indeed, and it would be interesting to see if the Camaro, now that the Mustang has been brought forward and uh, announced, if the Camaro will make a Guernsey. And you'd have to wonder how uh, happy you'd be if you've dumped a whole bunch of money into developing a ZB if in two years' time you have to have a Camaro to keep up with the Joneses. Maybe Mark Harlan made the wrong decision. Maybe it was supposed to be a Camaro out there. <laughs> anyway, that's it for another week of Inside Supercars. We hope you enjoy the interviews and look forward to you listening and joining us next week. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.